0: Like after Hurricane Harvey, oh, yeah. which again, Austin didn't even get hit like Houston. Yeah. We took in 400 animals in a week. Wow. So it was all hands on deck. Like I came in and I just, we had 10 people in a line for six hours straight. I think wow. we didn't stop taking wow. in animals yeah. that had been washed out of their, their nests. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Charlie.
2: And I'm Kyle.
1: And we are still doing this
2: virtually. Yeah, it's still different, but we're getting used to it.
1: Yeah, uh, I think we finalized our setup.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we've had plenty of technical difficulties you guys have never heard, but we think we fixed them this time. We'll see. Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, it will... Be 100% correct once we can actually go meet people again. We'll be like, I don't know how to talk in person to somebody. (laughs) What are you doing?
2: Seriously. But today we're not talking about people, though. We're talking about Charlie's favorite thing. And I guess also one of my favorite things, too, since now I'm a dog person. Animals.
1: Yay. Yeah, because you have not one but two dogs. So
2: I know how how I'll rank you. (laughs) To think that when we first started the show, you had one dog and I had none. And now when we come back, I still only have two dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I need to up my ante. But yeah, this episode was very adorable. We spoke with Haley Hudnell of Austin Wildlife Rescue, and she is the executive director.
2: And this was actually one of our very last in-person interviews as well before the COVID-19 pandemic hit Austin. You're hearing something from the past. I think this was recorded in February or March. As you can tell, we've been we've been focusing a lot more on COVID stuff. But the thing is, like with the uh, people being indoors more, more animals are coming into town, and that means that more animals have a higher chance of being injured, and it's uh, our responsibility to help them get back to their normal health. And that's where Austin Wildlife Rescue comes in.
1: What do you do at Austin Wildlife Rescue?
0: I'm the executive director.
1: Well, that's. That's pretty big deal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 How long have
1: right. you been the executive director?
0: So we didn't have one for a long time. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So okay. um I mean we started out so small and for yeah. a while it was just volunteer run and then it was just a group of us. I was the manager per se, but uh-huh. there were just three or four of us that were kind of running the show to get the animals taken care of and then as we just keep getting bigger and bigger and there's thousands of animals coming in, we needed you know, we needed a lot more leadership I guess and so now we have I'm um, the executive director and I have an operations manager that runs the animal side of things and then we're bringing on um, a community outreach person for the first oh, time because okay. I do most of the programs and stuff like that right now uh-huh. for kids and adults yeah. and then we have an office person we just hired and then staff and what? seasonal staff and interns that take care of all the animals.
2: That's nice. a full time job? Yes. Very oh much. nice. So, mm-hmm. uh, you're, that's really growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So there's uh, six of us that are permanent staff and then we hire seven more Seasonal staff when it gets really busy. Plus we take on like 20 interns in the summer. Whoa. Mm Wow.
1: Wow. So are they all going to be vets or what's their, I guess, dream in the future? Oh, The interns? (laughs) Yeah. So
0: most of them are pursuing some type of degree in wildlife or ecology or something with the environment. Uh And most of them need an internship at, you know, in college to graduate. And so they're looking for something in a related field. And so we offer, you know, 20 to 30 hours a week. It's right. it's unpaid, but most people need, you know, they need yeah. the school credit and we mm. can't afford yeah. to pay a lot of people as a small nonprofit. So they come in and they get the experience and sometimes they find out it's something they love. Most of the time they find out it's a lot of work for not yeah. a lot of money yeah. and they just oh, don't know oh. that they can do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Where did you uh, start your, like, animal passion?
0: I think I've always had it a little yeah. bit. You know, I think a lot of us just... We want to work with animals. We love animals. And so I went to AM thinking, let's do something with animals, whether it's vet school or um, whatever. And they, they had a wildlife program.
2: Was, oh, really? That
0: sounds really cool. So Wow. So yeah.
2: I guess in a broad sense, like, what does a wildlife rescue do then in that case? If you start with, like, a, like, what does Austin Wildlife Rescue do on a day-to-day basis?
0: So we take in any wild animal that is orphaned, injured, or sick and then we fix it or we raise it and we put it back into the wild. So for us, that's the most important. It's so much different from dogs and cats. Mm. Um, and so we wanna put them back into the wild again. That's always the ultimate goal. And we took in almost 8,000 animals last year. What? I so saw I th- that
1: yes. on the website. So I think that I is like, a staggering number. Wow.
0: Yes, people don't even believe that we that, that many animals are coming from Austin and yeah. the surrounding counties. And it, ri- it rises. Every year we get more animals than the year before because Austin is growing so fast. Yeah, all the cities around it are going fast,
1: and they rehab here,
0: so they don't rehab here anymore because okay. we opened our rehab center out in Elgin. Okay, yeah. just last April, so it hasn't yeah, congrats even. Congrats about
2: that! I was yeah. looking into the I saw I read like a bunch of news stories on it. Like, it's really exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really tried to push the the opening of that because this was meant to be even from the beginning. This opened in two thousand three, our mm-hmm. intake center. It was always meant to just be an intake center because we were only getting maybe a thousand animals, so they were yeah. going out to all the rehabilitators so people that are licensed to rehab at their homes this didn't start as a a place where we would take in animals and rescue them here it was a group of people that each had a special passion so someone would do squirrels and somebody would do hawks and somebody would do owls and so the animals would just go out to them but as we get thousands and hundreds of animals like that's not an option anymore we don't have that many people that can do that out of their homes and so we realized as we got thousands and thousands we needed to build something where we could care for everything right on site. Mm. So we opened that in April.
2: So these volunteers, like, are they vets? Or who are these people that are taking in these animals that have like specialties in squirrels?
0: So they're just wildlife rehabilitators, and they get their permit through Texas Parks and Wildlife. That's who okay. regulates all the wildlife. You can't okay, just so
2: you got permit. Okay, I was like, <laughs> how are you taking all these animals? Yeah. You can't just have a squirrel at your house. That's <laughs> illegal. Yeah.
0: In Texas, not every state, but in Texas it's illegal. And so you have to have the setup, and a game warden actually comes out and inspects hmm. your house, makes sure you're doing it right, that you've got a vet that will help you. So you don't have to be a vet, but you have to have a vet sign off that they're willing to help you if you get an animal that's injured. There's less and less rehabilitators, I think, because it's such a huge commitment. I mean, if Mm. you're raising a squirrel, you're feeding that baby squirrel every four hours around the clock until it's ready for release.
1: I've seen a lot of Dodo videos Uh on rescued (laughs) animals, Uh and it looks amazing, but it Mm -hmm. also, it's a baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're completely helpless when they're sick or injured.
0: Mm-hmm. it's a lot of i mean every four hours it's like having a real baby it's every four hours around the clock until they you know as they get older they eat less often mm-hmm. and they're getting more independent but um that's a lot of it's a lot of work to raise these little guys so we have staff at our rehab center from 6 a.m to 2 a.m
2: what wow. every day
0: in our busy season
2: yeah wow yeah And when's the busy season then?
0: So it's starting now. We started getting baby squirrels in, (laughs) Hmm. but we haven't quite expanded our staff just yet. So right now the staff we do have actually take those squirrels home.
2: Oh, okay. That's the the only way that we can do
0: it. But um, usually the spring, so we start about March, it depends on the weather, and March through August are like our peak Mm -hmm.
2: season. Is it because people are outside more during that time and they see more injured animals or like why is it... Fluctuate with the time
0: so yeah a combination of more people outside but also just uh animals have their babies in the spring and we take in (laughs)
2: that makes sense (laughs) the
0: majority a majority of the animals we take in our babies are juveniles okay and then in the winter and the fall like now we're taking in just the injured adults so it's just a lot less oh yeah animals
1: because the babies if their parent is gone then they don't know how to live
0: right and so there's So there's a huge number of reasons why we're getting these animals. It's anywhere from truly orphaned, you know, maybe something happened to the mom, and the squirrels are climbing out of a nest and falling out of a tree because she's not there and they're hungry. Oh yeah,
2: that's sad.
0: And then there's like the cats, you know, cats, outdoor cats catch a lot of wild animals. They bring them into their their mom or dad. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) And then they don't know where they came from, so they have to bring them into us. Okay, I see. There's people trimming trees. Again, it's the time of year. People are trimming trees. They're mowing Mm. their lawns. They don't maybe see that nest and uh and they're just fine or they get you know hit by a car hit a window no. birds hit windows a lot so
2: does construction <laughs> also like play a part of this like when they're chopping down trees
0: definitely and so really? we're we're hoping that most people chopping down trees are looking or at least yeah. if they do see the nest later they call us yeah. yeah and so then yeah we take in a lot of animals that way the nest came down
2: are there any like state laws that mandate people to like check for like wild animal like squirrel nest or bird nest and trees they chop down
0: so some, there are mostly the migratory birds. So we get a lot okay. of calls right now, like uh, vultures don't always pick the best place to lay their eggs, <laughs> but they're a protected <laughs> raptor. And so if they decide to lay their eggs somewhere, you better believe you need to leave those eggs alone and really? let them raise their babies, even if they're going to the bathroom all over the place. <laughs> yeah. um, you have to let them raise their babies. You're not allowed without a special permit to, you know, to take down these nests for birds. Um, Squirrels and stuff like that You're supposed to leave them But it's not as strong It's not a federal law Like it is with the birds
2: So the birds are a federal law then? Mm -hmm. Oh wow Federally protected Wow damn Mm -hmm.
1: What if you just didn't know?
0: Well and I think that's the card Some people (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Like I I I don't know This
1: giant bird (laughs) Keeps coming into my yard Huh, I yeah. wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and we'll incubate eggs. I mean, if it comes to it, and sometimes there are builders with permits to take, you know, to take things, to take nests down and stuff like that if they're building a, a development. And so then they have to pay a certain amount of money, but then uh, we can raise whatever animal it is that they orphaned.
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you keep track of all of the animals that come in, like... You know in a word document or excel sheet <laughs> i'm just no, i'm just document. well like not necessarily a word document because that would take forever if it'd it's seven thousand people <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> curious if you do statistics over the years of the drop-in seasons we do so we have see, a database we yeah.
0: didn't from the beginning i wish that we had those numbers because i'm sure it'd be a an amazing number of yeah. total animals mm. that have ever been rescued but we've been around since <laughs> 1977 back yeah. then Excel wasn't as yeah, them, you know. <laughs> it uh, but now in the last several years we've we've tracked all we have. I mean I can tell you like we got in 974 possums last year. Wow, oh, wow, it's so <laughs> very specific too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we oh, do wow. track, wow. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so I
1: can just start shooting off animals. Yeah, uh I <laughs> like or not we'll see. <laughs> squirrels.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, squirrels. Over a thousand squirrels. I yeah. It was
2: so I bet amazing. squirrels are pretty big Yeah, squirrels are like everywhere mm. Like and they're then, in my backyard and all that yeah. stuff like, And
0: they have two baby seasons too So squirrels are having babies now And then they'll have them again in July or August Oh really they do Same oh. with possums S- So they're our first We know baby season has started for us When baby squirrels start coming in <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah. So cute Then the staff is like, "Oh man, I love squirrels, but now my life is going to be really busy for the next six months." Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, they're they're fast breeders too, as I understand too. Really? I I mean, like the (laughs) rodent. I guess rodents are known for breeding fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Is that your biggest intake then in squirrels since there's maybe have too uh, many No, seasons?
0: actually, uh, possums, because really? they can have up to 13 babies at one time. What? So if All we right. had like an injured adult <laughs> and she didn't make it or couldn't make it, that doesn't mean the 10 or 11 or 13 babies in her pouch couldn't make it. Wow. So I think possums and cottontails, because cottontails, okay. you know what they say. About yeah. Rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's rabbits. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we get rabbits from January through December. There's no break for them. Wow,
2: really? Mm-hmm. Huh.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: What are some kind of odd animals that you wouldn't think you would get?
0: So porcupines, I think, always surprise people okay. that we even have them around mm-hmm. here, and that we can handle them and, and fix them. They're actually mm-hmm. not aggressive at all. No. They let us. So if that we had one with a broken arm two years ago, uh-huh. and she's kind of a juvenile, so she let us reset her arm and oh. deal with her oh. for eight weeks. And another one had stitches, and we cleaned up the wound, and oh. you know he let us do what we needed to do to fix him. So. Yeah, um, Porcupines, ringtails. Have you heard of a ringtail? No. Yeah, most uh, people have cat. never okay. even heard of one, but yeah. they're in the raccoon family. And so
2: they're
0: kind of around town, and that's a cool one that we get in.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the animals recognize that, well, since they're injured, you're trying to help them? They have a sense of, like, protection? S- or. Sometimes,
0: yeah. Some to- other times, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think other sometimes they're difficult like, and they need to be sedated. And then other times, I think... Either they're too injured to fight back Aww. or That's yes, they both. just, I think porcupines are one, you know, people just think of porcupines as, oh my gosh, you could never touch. They're so aggressive and they're, yeah. they're yeah. not and they just let us do what we need to do. Yeah. Uh, we had a coyote recently We came in It it's kind of the same, same thing. He just laid wow. there and let us do what we needed to do as he started oh, really? to feel better. He did not wow. uh, do that, but yeah. <laughs> in the beginning he did. <laughs> wow. So, mm-hmm.
2: Wow. I'm surprised by that. I thought there'd be like a lot of like resistance from mm-hmm. all these animals, like, it's like being abducted by aliens in a sense. Right. You're and like, oh, generally, what's generally.
0: <laughs> generally we do sedate them. Yeah. Um, you know, the bigger the bigger ones as we need to, but yeah, okay. um some are just in such shock, you know, we don't need yeah. to put those that medicine into them if we don't have to. We can yeah. quickly treat and you know, and then we just give them the pain medicine, which which kinda chills them out a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: After the treatment then, what's the rehab process like at the Elgin Center and also I guess at people's houses?
0: so it just it depends on the animal it I does, think okay. you know there's some that they like a bird will get hit by a car he's got some head trauma mm. but three days later the bird's ready to go and so it goes okay. back where it yeah. came from but then like baby raccoons are with us six months a lot of the baby hawks and owls are with us six months because they would be with mom that long okay so anywhere you know from a couple of days to recover from something to you know a few weeks if it's you know a smaller injury to you know six months to a a year even on some of the birds that need to grow their feathers back
2: oh wow Mm -hmm. and what do you do after they're done with being rehabilitated
0: so the adults we try to put back where they came from if we can so like a hawk has a territory so we want it to go back
2: that makes sense Uh, but
0: then like all the babies we have release sites around not around town, but outside of town. Yeah. So people volunteer their land. We need at least a hundred acres of land that does, has a water source that never goes oh. dry. Okay, okay. And so, and then we are real careful like how many we release and how often we release. So we're always in need of more release sites oh. to mm. release the animals. So we call, you know, somebody says, hey, I've got 200 acres come out and release and so we'll say all right you know we've got that's awesome 10 raccoons and 15 possums and a skunk do they have we're gonna come out
2: are they getting qualifiers like it can't be hunting grounds or something like that
0: yeah so like if it's a deer release it can't be high fenced obviously it can't be hunting ground (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) that would be like terrible (laughs) we try to
0: make sure that there's no just random you know hunting or that their neighbors aren't the ones shooting the raccoons that we're releasing we we try i mean you can't so you can't predict everything. Mm. And what's great is even the landowners that really keep a close eye on their property, like they never see the animals again. They disperse oh, really? like they're supposed to. They don't, mm. you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I have 15 extra possums on my <laughs> land. They, <laughs> they never see them again. And so really they just work their way back into the environment. But we still want to make sure, mm. you know, if we can, it's the best place. We yeah. worked hard to release them. They deserve a second chance. Like let's not release them someplace where they're going to get shot by yeah. someone that doesn't
1: yeah. care.
2: Is it getting harder to find these landowners as like Austin's growing?
0: it is we're driving further and you know Uh, more land is being broken up that's the bigger mm, problem is you know somebody takes 100 acres and sells it off and we really don't like to release on too much less than that yeah so we end up going out a lot of times like bastrop county and further that way for the east is where it seems like a lot of the land is still still available
2: yeah yeah, it's a lot of driving for that but Mm -hmm. i guess you have to do it the urban sprawl of austin just won't stop, stop Do
1: people call animal control if they see an injured animal and then the officer goes out and tranquilizes it or Yeah, so that's gotten it?
0: to be more of a thing in the last few years. For a while, uh, animal control wasn't picking up wildlife at all. Mm. Oh. And we don't pick, you know, we just don't have the staff to pick it up. So we mm. were just fully dependent on people to bring us the animals. And we really? would talk them through how to, you know. Yeah. We had a few people, the volunteers, that would go out and pick things up for us. But mm-hmm. that was based on, you know, availability and where it was and everything else. So animal control in the last few years has really gotten good about picking up wildlife and bringing it to us. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's great because we can't do that. It's also hard because we get no city funding. Uh, so they brought uh. us almost 800 animals last year, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because yeah. where else would they go and who would have brought them to us? But, no but at funding. the same time, no funding from those 800 animals. And that's oh. a lot. So it's, it's great that they're able to do that, though.
2: Yeah. Wow, have you uh, have you discussed with anything with city council then to yeah, get some we've funding? we've been trying real hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're trying to get on their budget for um, uh, the future. Yeah, we'd like to.
2: Yeah, uh, I wish I had more strings to the city to pull. <laughs> <laughs> Come Just on, Kyle. Engineer, I don't, much, <laughs> I don't have that much influence in the city. But yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. So you said volunteers. You said bring these animals in. Mm-hmm. That sounds really rough. Like the coyote you were saying earlier. Like. I mm-hmm. feel like that. I went for under having a coyote in my backseat in my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, like, do you get like less like aggressive seeming animals than for that case from like the civilian side?
0: Yeah, that's true. So we mostly get the babies from them. Like it was okay. an animal control officer that brought in all three coyotes that we recently had come in, they were animal control, but you wouldn't believe what people will bring into us. And like, it's kind of a game of like, what's in the box, (laughs) (laughs) you know, people walk up and they have a box and like, it may be a huge box with a tiny cottontail. It may be a tiny box with like a red tail hawk that's ready to come out at us. And we don't know until we open the box. So you'd be surprised what people will bring in and we can talk most people through safely bringing, think you know like a mm. hawk if you're if you just throw a towel over it and its yeah. eyes are covered it's mm. a lot calmer so you can kind of like mm. scoop okay. up the hawk and drop it in the box so that we can be surprised when we get here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah I would say the majority of course are are baby animals that people okay. are bringing but yeah we get Big deer. Sometimes people will load up a deer what? in the back of their car and it's like, that was so dangerous. You probably shouldn't have done that. What? Uh, they
2: drive from like Westlake Hills, I guess, like where yes. all the deer are, Like a deer yeah. in the back of the Ford. You
0: think of like Tommy Boy, where like yeah. the deer, the deer <laughs> woke up after they hit it in the car. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so then so, what's the proper
2: mm-hmm. procedure then for like a civilian like Charlie and I? Mm-hmm. If we were to like see like an injured animal on the side of the road, mm-hmm. what should we do?
0: So I think it depends on the animal. Okay. And we usually Mm. say like call us first because an adult deer doesn't do well. We don't really take in adult deer because they're so high stress that the drive um, is too stressful on them. It it can be enough to kill them. So we say like if an adult deer is hit on the road, but it's okay and just needs time to recover, leave it alone. I mean, they can kick and they can break one of your legs. It's like a horse that way. Mm. So we always hope that people will call us first to see what they should do. We always want it contained. I think that's the thing. People are great in that they they jump to the rescue and they pick something up, but it's like they don't think about what happens if the animal starts to feel better on the way here. (laughs) Mm. And so we always are like box with a top. Uh, You know, tape it down if it's a big animal or something like that. So, yeah, we want people to call first because there's a lot of animals we get that don't need to come into us. Okay. Like baby birds spend a week on the ground learning to fly.
2: And what's the phone number? Uh.
0: Uh, five one two four seven two wild nine four five three. Uh, oh, the yeah, there you go. We'll yeah. put
2: it in the description of the episode too, so people could have it there. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's on a typical day. Then, how many new animals do you see here at the MLK location?
0: So in the spring and the summer when it's busy, we can get thirty to forty animals a wow. day.
2: How big's yeah. the staff on those days then? You like just two here. Just two. Just two. Wow. Yep. That's a lot. That would be
1: amazing yep.
2: though. Because
0: we have so many at our in like our, our rehab center. That's where our major staff are. That makes sense. So we have one here. The phone rings constantly. We estimate we get ten to twelve thousand phone calls a year. Wow. And hmm. so we have both people are on the phone, but then they're also intaking animals and then they're caring for those animals that that come in. So it's just a nonstop.
2: Wow. Job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how long are these shifts then?
0: 10 hours. 10 hours. Yeah, we wow. do four tens. Uh-huh. Okay, four tens. And yeah. they're lucky to get out in 10 hours sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: sounds like a hospital. Yes. It really doesn't yeah. like a hospital. Yeah. Like, you're going to work crazy hours if you're here.
0: And if we get a, a crazy day, like after Hurricane Harvey, oh, yeah. which, again, Austin didn't even get hit, like Houston, yeah. we took in 400 animals in a week.
2: Wow. So it
0: was all hands on deck. Like, I came in, and I just we had 10 people in a line for six hours straight I think wow. we didn't stop taking wow. in animals yeah. that had been washed out of their their nests and their dens and their everything like that and so we just we had one person just feeding squirrels for 10 hours like she <laughs> almost didn't get up and what? so it's I mean there's just times when it's you know all hands on deck everybody works and yeah. we'll figure you know we'll figure it out later and sometimes other wildlife centers will kind of offer to help out which is great so, that's great uh, there was a group in Amarillo uh, Wild West rehab and they were like oh my gosh you got all these squirrels. Why don't we take some and they drove down and they took i think like 50 squirrels from yeah. us to help us out oh that's so nice so, yeah. yeah we all kind of work together we feel like in the wildlife community it's really like it takes a village like everybody's no. got to work together the last eagle we got in came from the other side of houston oh and they drove it all the way to us because you yeah. have to have an eagle permit oh which really is much harder to get than a lot of other ones because you need a 100 foot cage um whoa yeah it's a huge cage that we have out at our our rehab center yeah. for eagles so People drive from wherever they need to 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 get the animals where they need to. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So how do you keep so many different animals that some of them might prey on each other in the same facility together? So
0: that's why that rehab center was so important because here I think we had, I mean, we were doing fine. We had the animals still separated by, we would never have like a hawk in the same room with a bunny. That wouldn't (laughs) be good. We still had like our raccoon room and our because we get so many raccoons. so And raccoons can carry diseases that Mm. other animals can get. So then we Mm. make sure like the skunks are not in the same room as the raccoons. So we just have different protocols in place where if someone's working in one room, they might not get to even go into another room that Mm. day. And then we just separate by species depending on who likes who. Yeah,
2: it sounds like a a logistical, I don't want to say nightmare, but a logistical Mm -hmm. challenge. Just trying to like, okay, so they're here on this part of the food cycle and nuggets. Uh-huh. <laughs> make sure they don't eat this one. Yeah.
0: But everybody's very like contained too, yeah. you know, okay, so that's good. like the hawk room, no one's going anywhere. Okay. In the yeah. Room. Yeah. Uh, but we made it to where even like the doors are clear. So the door is usually closed, but we can see in. So like that's if somebody good. needs Something some help, happens. you know, yeah. then we can see that they need help and we go in.
1: I think about those odd couple Dodo videos. <laughs> it always pops up on my Facebook, I guess, because <laughs> Facebook knows that I love watching rescued animal <laughs> videos. It's, it's I wanna say like they featured thing. us
0: once or twice actually. They've contacted yeah. us about oh, really? some oh, cool. something that came in, they heard about it or reposted about it on Facebook and then they were like, hey, yeah. we feature this. Are yeah. they
2: local or national? It's national. It is. Oh, wow. I think the
1: headquarters is in New York. Okay, okay. But do you ever have any odd couples? But I guess you can't really risk <laughs> <So> usually <laughs> yeah, it. Usually we yeah, don't like get heard the chance. Um, like,
0: yeah, I, we heard the <laughs> I will say we had um, a we had a fawn and the fawn? Ended up, uh, like it wasn't putting on weight well, so it ended up coming back inside. And then we had a porcupine, baby porcupine that wasn't doing well either. So he had his little space. And so they were both kind of roaming a little bit free. And, uh, yeah, they made friends and they were eating out of the same dish. We walked in the room Uh, and (laughs) they they did not mind each other at all eating out of the same dish. So that was kind of, I think I have a cute picture of that. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's cute. Yeah. But most of the time, yeah, we don't really give them the opportunity to be friends. (laughs) You're like, no. (laughs) Or not friends, you know. Yeah. Uh, No.
1: yeah and you all do a lot of educational programs too right? we try
0: to uh, right now i'm the one that does them and so oh. i'm just kind of limited on how many that oh, i do wow. but i think it's really important because there's so many misconceptions about wildlife I mean, yeah. there's so many things that people think that are not true we just need to fix that and i think that's the reason that we get in some animals that don't need to come into us hmm. so i think getting the kids early getting mm-hmm. them to love wildlife and realize we should be living with them and not mm-hmm. against them and then the adults that, you know, just haven't been, you know, they think that possum should not be in their yard at night. Yeah. Well, like, it's perfectly fine in their yard. Yeah. Um, it's not bothering anyone. So, yeah, we try to do as many as we can. That's why we just uh, hiring someone to do education was such mm. a big goal for us. So we just hired a part-time person oh. and hopefully she'll turn into a full-time one eventually oh, wow. as cool. we build our educational program. That's,
1: That's exciting. Sweet. That's exciting. You all are expanding so much. Yeah, too.
0: We, we really, there's a need and uh, the, f- you know, the funding is coming in from donors. We have an amazing, you know, group of donors that support us in what we're doing. And Austin is a fantastic place, of mm-hmm. course, to, to yeah. love animals, even mm-hmm. even the wild ones, not just the dogs and yeah. cats. Mm-hmm. And so um, as we grow, we just know that we need to be able to, to do that.
2: Yeah. So I ask this question a lot. Then it sounds like you're really busy. Do you ever sleep?
0: Mm-hmm, I do. <laughs> like,
2: I feel like, like a lot of like the like the executive directors we talk to you are just are so busy that they. Yeah. I mean, of course, you gotta get time to sleep, but just like, where do you find the time?
0: Right. And you know, there's times where like I go to sleep and then I lay there thinking about all the things <laughs> that need to happen yeah. today or tomorrow or next week, and I'm like. I'm going to get up for a little bit <laughs> And so I'll get up and I'll work for a few hours until I can like turn my brain off. Wow! But, um, but we have an amazing team. I think putting the team behind you in place. And so now I have uh, our operations manager, Jules is fantastic. And she's the one that's kind of running the whole animal show. So she's in charge of the protocols and she's in charge of the medicine and she's in charge of all the staff mm. and hiring them. And so we're, we're slowly kind of building you know the backside of mm. it we just for so long there were only three of us or yeah. four of us that did most of the work so mm. now we're building the team
2: so then like this has been on since 77 then i like, did it used to be this house as well and just like a bunch of volunteers that took in uh...
0: so when it first started it was actually just a telephone hotline really that yes. was it okay. there was no place since they worked out of their homes and it was all volunteer wow they just you know they'd get a one person to be in charge of the hotline for the day Mm. and then they'd be like, I have a squirrel and they'd go meet someone in a parking lot somewhere with the squirrel. (laughs) And then they realized that uh, again, you know, they took in 70 animals, I think one year in the nineties. And so that's easy to have a telephone hotline and no home base, but Mm. as more and more people realize we were around more and more people are finding animals and they care about what's happening to these wild animals, not just the dogs and cats. Mm. Uh, in 2003, they realized it was time to have like a central, Okay. Location. So this is
2: almost 20 years old. This building, then 17 years um, old.
0: Actually, this was uh, totally full of mold and. and oh, okay, the building is actually It was and, just yeah. shut down, and there was nothing on, it, nothing. So they redid the whole building. They just gutted it. Oh wow. Redid it, and uh, we don't own the property. Travis Audubon Society, the birding. Oh cool. They own the property and they rented the building to us for a dollar a year for 25 wow. years. So A dollar. Um, really nice. Yeah. Of so it was it was you know it was a Talk w- about they great. weren't using it. We could fix it up and we could figure out a way to use it. So when our lease is up though, they're going to actually take the property back over. We don't know where our intake center. When's the oh, lease yeah.
2: expiring? The so
0: 2024. It's now coming. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's now coming up. So yeah. we know we need to be in Central Austin mm-hmm. because I mean, yeah. this is where the animals are coming from. They're not coming from out mm-hmm. in Bastrop County, yeah. most of them. And so we'll be we'll be looking for a, a place to uh to oh. set up shop as an intake center.
2: Hopefully uh City Council you some funding by then. That would be great. That would be really <laughs> nice. <laughs> wink yes. wink. Like we, I <laughs> be, like we spoke to the Yellow Bike project, which isn't too far away from here and like they're renting from Austin Energy. Oh so uh-huh. I don't know like how often it is for City property to be rented out, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know like how that works out. But hmm. like The city might do something for nonprofits as I'm getting to out right Right. now. Right. And we
0: need something where, you know, again, it's a dollar a year. We need something that's not going to be some crazy amount of rent. And that's hard to find in Austin. Yeah. So we're hoping we can partner with someone where we can, you know, we don't need a lot of space anymore because of our Mm -hmm. rehab center, but we need enough still that we can take 30 animals in a year. We can have 10 people dropping off. Mm. You know at a time and still have the space for it so yeah. there's a few things we have to take into account oh best of looking. luck
2: to that that Thank is <laughs> that's a lot of work yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like th- we talked to the hope outdoor gallery and they got mm-hmm. their leases up and they had to go move somewhere else mm-hmm. and now they're trying to condos so hopefully that's not the same fate for this uh, oh yeah. really yeah the time build hope site into condos which is really sad because i love that place wow no
0: this they just uh travis Audubon wants this this area now to be their headquarters okay and the back eight acres they've been working on for the last few years it's an amazing like birding trail and they have programs for kids and stuff like that. okay that's cool and so we know that this uh, the house itself is falling apart like our floor caved in two years ago and we had to fix it so the house itself will probably just get flattened which is not a bad thing yeah (laughs) it's so old (laughs) so they'll just rebuild their own headquarters okay i mean they've been working with us we wish there was a way we could stay on the property and we're still kind of seeing if that's an option there's a few options that we're exploring but um with city regulations we just don't know if we can have two buildings on one property yet
2: Mm -hmm. yeah best i'd like to that Uh, (laughs) my dream jobs is to work at city hall so maybe i could work there and help out nonprofits. (laughs) do it that would be great i'll know who to come to (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you have a lot of cages back there
0: we do so we had a lot more and they've all been moved over but we Uh, still have like some backup stuff here because you never know what's coming in so there's a coyote uh in that one right behind me right now oh oh Um, well dang so yeah
1: (laughs) the one that's covered the
0: one that's covered that's charged yep Mm -hmm. there were two and we just got one released on tuesday okay so this is just a better place like you said you don't want animals that could eat each other around yeah it stresses them out so right now we have a lot of squirrels and possums and stuff in some of our outside cages at our other facility so this is just an easier place for the coyotes to be mm-hmm. yeah right now we don't take in very many coyotes but all of a sudden three of them came in within a few <laughs> weeks of each other oh. and it was like wow what are I'm we cool. what are we doing with these big guys that aren't gonna get along with each other yeah
1: <laughs> yeah because they don't even like each other Mm-mm. they're nope. Solitary, Yeah. And that's what we
0: run into with a lot of our animals is the caging is always kind of a bottleneck because of, you know, we have two bobcats right now. Well, they don't (laughs) like each other either. So we have the bobcats each in a, we have a cage, a full, you know, a 10 by 10 cage being taken up by one angry bobcat. And so caging is always something we need more of. We're always looking for more funding for for cages and writing grants for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. that's. Can people donate cages or... Oh, i don't know yeah. if people would have that big of a cage <laughs>
0: right and we've had a few people build us ca- like people that are oh, just okay. good at you know whether they're good at welding or building mm. cages or all kinds of things so some will donate the cage itself and some yeah. will donate the the time if we buy mm. the materials and then some is a, it grants and so then we write the grant for we just got one for a fox cage we needed oh. we take in 50 foxes a year all of a sudden the, the number of foxes is going up and so we wrote a grant and we said, hey, we need this big cage to house all these foxes at one time as they're growing up. And they gave us $10,000 for it. So
1: Yeah. Oh, nice. So you have cages per animal. So you, you're like, I need a fox cage. Or <laughs> a <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> so like raccoons get along with each other.
1: So, okay. we can put
0: 15 raccoons in one of our really big cages and raise 15 raccoons together. Okay. Possums don't like each other. Like, two <laughs> or three possums really? is all you can put together yeah. before they're like, I'm going to start chewing on a friend's tail. Oh. And so, we need a lot of possum cages, whereas, we need, you know, five or six big raccoon cages. We need like 40 or 50. Not as big, of course, but yeah. f- for your 50 possum cages to house all those possums at one time. So, what, uh, yeah, we do we do the animals kind of by species. Yeah. And some are, you know, like multi-use. Sometimes they're squirrels. Sometimes yeah. they're, mm. you know, raccoons. Sometimes they're foxes. Are,
1: like, squirrels the most cohabitating animal?
0: Uh, squirrels and raccoons yeah. are, to- are okay. good together. Yeah, <laughs> we can put 15 of either one in a cage and they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> they keep each other warm.
1: <laughs> Have you ever had, like, mating issues?
0: We, do, we worry about that like this time of year so we always get like some late season babies Mm -hmm. late season raccoons that come in and it's like why are you coming in and and you know october what was your mom (laughs) doing when she should have been having babies and so those stay with us over the winter we just call it overwintering and they stay with us until it gets warm in the spring but spring is when animals start to have babies yeah. mm. so we worry if if the weather is weird and we don't feel like it's totally spring yet we don't want to release but we're like oh my gosh we might have pregnant squirrels yeah. <laughs> so let's get these guys released now yeah so we have not ever had an incident Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, but we we are very kind of yeah. <laughs> aware that we need to get them released as soon as we can mm.
1: yeah. because they can start reproducing pretty quick right yeah this I yeah mean, the
0: squirrels and raccoons that we release when we have to overwinter them are ready to have babies yeah in the spring yes yeah so <laughs> it's
1: less than a year they can start reproducing mm-hmm. yes wow that's fast that's yeah. a lot <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> crap. Uh-huh
0: they yeah. don't have to mature for years like the, like the monkeys, yeah, uh, yeah like the it's monkeys like, do <laughs> oh
1: yeah the monkeys yeah and like humans that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy that animals can do that so fast that's mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility
0: but you know possum only lives like two or three years so if you, like, put that yeah. in perspective yeah. of like oh my gosh i gotta get so going because i'm already like survival, survival. 30 <laughs> even though i'm only a year old you know yeah. <laughs> that
2: is funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you'd like to tell the public like about misconceptions about wild animals that they might not know about? Like of course it's different for each species, but like mm-hmm. like if like are there any misconceptions out there that you see pretty often like with different species then or yeah uh, with different treatments?
0: Yeah, so I think um like I mentioned it, I touched on it a little bit so like birds spend up to a week on the ground most baby birds learning to fly mm. so they learn to to eat and fly and hide from predators and all of that and people just think because there's a bird on the ground that it's in danger and they okay. pick it up and they bring it to us huh. and so most of the time that bird was good and mom was right in the tree <laughs> and so um, we, we try to return them sometimes people will actually go bring them back mm. but that's one of the biggest reasons we get birds in and then same with deer, um, they spend up to 12 hours alone. Like mom will leave them in one spot. They're not strong enough to keep up with her while she's <laughs> walking around all day long. And so they don't always pick the best location. Sometimes mm. they pick like a garden bed in someone's front yard. <laughs> and so to watch a baby deer all day long alone and not getting fed is really hard for people, Yeah, but it's it. okay. And mom's gonna come back looking for it at night. Yeah. So that's another one. You know, we want people to call us first because mm. sometimes leaving it alone is the best thing for it.
2: So always call first. Yes, is what it seems yeah. like don't just like show up here with like a baby bird in your tray. Right.
0: <laughs> try yeah. not to. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's
1: kind of interesting too because as humans with babies, we always need to be by them. Yes, so it's a different conception of how to parent. Totally, yeah. as an animal, yeah. like you don't need to be around your baby all the time. Right, you need and, to. Yeah, and people yeah. probably just don't understand that right
0: and humans want we want to feed things too and so (laughs) and we see a lot of animals where like the human although they had good intentions they fed it something really weird or really uh, wrong yeah and that really damages the animal and so Mm -hmm. for us to try to then get that animal back to where it should be can Mm -hmm. sometimes be can be really hard so not feeding these animals but bringing them to us is better. Okay. Um, so. And I think the biggest misconception is if you touch an animal that oh. the mom will abandon it. Yeah. That is not true. Oh. Age old
2: misconception right true. there. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think all of our parents told us that, so we would not bring animals home and then they had to deal <laughs> so, with them. Yeah. But I think, I mean, so many people just think if they have your scent on them or something like that that that's it, mom's done. Mm-hmm. And like yes. raccoons and deer and all, they're such good parents. They mm. they are coming back for those babies and they will continue to care for them. So if you touch something, you can still put it back. <laughs> Please put it back. <laughs>
2: put you like a mama bird's like you're dead to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like why did th- why is that a thing? Why do people think that? That's
2: not true. Like, it's a really bad uh, survival strategy <laughs> yeah, too. It yeah. is.
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, are there best mom categories? You just said something about raccoons. Oh,
0: raccoons. I don't. You know, I I think they have such a bad rap in general. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, they're great. So people a lot of times will trap. a a raccoon like in their attic because that's where Mm. she decided to have babies Mm. that raccoon will rip whatever they have patched that hole with (laughs) if she thinks those babies are still in there she will tear a bigger better hole to get back to those babies wow and we tell people all the time if you if you did trap her but you let her go in the same spot which is what we hope because you shouldn't have trapped to begin with hopefully um you could take those babies you could put them in a box and you could put them right outside the house (laughs) and like she will come back she will take the lid off the box Uh she will take those babies one at a time and she will bring them somewhere else so she can care for them yeah Uh so yeah i think i think raccoons are the best i've seen those 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 raccoon uh, videos and they
1: are you do not want to mess like (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. you you want to keep them safe right Mm -hmm. and keep their Mm -hmm. babies safe
0: right yeah and we've even seen like sometimes it's rare but we'll get in like somebody trapped the mom then they went up and got the babies and they bring us both Mm-hmm. And as soon as we kind of reunite her with those babies, she's like pulling them into her yeah. and close to her and she's feeding them. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, don't touch me or my babies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <That's> so, <sweet. laughs> so we let her raise them. You know, that's what we just put them back together and let her raise them before we release them. Yeah. So yeah, I just think raccoons are yeah. good moms. Possums yeah. just carry their babies with them. You know? yeah. like, that's kind of yeah, good. I've seen pictures You know, of that, yeah. right in the pouch. So that's yeah, pretty pouch. convenient too. <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you were a superhero, what mm-hmm. superhero would you be?
0: So first off, I think there's like a big, like gap in Hollywood. Like, right. why is there not an animal saving superhero? <laughs> Come on, like let's yeah. let's do that first. Yeah. So I thought a lot about this. There is that raccoon from. Uh, oh
2: yeah, Rocket Raccoon from, 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 from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. but he's yeah. not
0: really saving. animals. No. He just is a smart raccoon, which yeah. is... raccoons are smart. So I'll yeah. give him that. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of was thinking like the Critter Crusader. Yeah, the Krister- uh, that's great. a great cool. name. Great. And I will say, then I looked it up, and there are some groups named that. Oh, there's, really? there's three or four groups around, yeah, the country that are named the Critter Crusaders. But oh. I think I want to
2: see this comic book right now. Publish yes, it, and I can. I know. In the yeah. comic book story here in Austin. But I yeah. think the
0: Critter Crusader because I mean, we we go around town, we get all these animals in, we save them. We're kind of fighting for them when mm-hmm. a, a lot of people um, are not, mm-hmm. and then we're educating. We're kind of fighting that side of it too, the education side, to, to fight for them to keep them where they are, to tell people that they were here first. Like they mm-hmm. moved, we moved into their yard, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to save them and release them back into the wild.
2: To learn more about the Austin Wildlife Rescue and how you could support, go to AustinWildlifeRescue.org. If you have found an animal in need, please give them a call at 512 472 9453 where they can help direct you on the best ways to treat that animal and how to get to them as safely as possible. You can stay in the know by following them on social media at Austin Wildlife Rescue on Instagram and Facebook and at Wildlife and ATX on Twitter.
1: Are you a Austinite looking for a cause to support? Then you've come to the right place. Be sure to check out our website at everydaysuperhuman.show to learn more about the many great causes you can be a part of right here in the capital city. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumanCast, like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash superhumans, and check out our Instagram at EverydaySuperhumans.
2: If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and support the show by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go.
2: Old school Aquaman, he could talk to fish. Yes. Yeah. And but, I, I thought about him
0: a little bit but I was like, well, we don't really do fish. Yeah. <laughs> People bring in the uh, fish from
2: Lake Travis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've never had a fish brought in. We had a crawfish one time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think he like was an escapee from like oh. a boil. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <But Aww. laughs>